0: Of all of the bids, this is the one that everybody looked at believed moved the needle the most.
1: This is the interview podcast on the Wyoming Podcast Network. Uh, this is, I think, our second episode of the new year. Happy New Year, everybody. Thanks for coming back. This is Craig Weinberg sitting in studio. Uh, we're starting another round of the politics, uh, political show here. Um, Senator John Wick has dis- has agreed graciously to come back uh, and fill us in about the beginnings of this 2020 legislation year in uh, in Pierre, South Dakota. <laughs> Welcome back again. Well,
0: thank you very much. I do always love coming in here. Well, it's fun. It is.
1: Just give, get you back into your radio roots again.
0: Well, yeah, there is that. <laughs> it's
1: always fun. So, uh, today is the 19th of January, and we just had another blizzard.
0: Yes, we did. Uh, we let out early on Friday. Um, we, we didn't honestly do anything on Friday. We canceled all of our committees and all of our meetings. I did handle two constituent complaints in the morning. Uh, I shouldn't say complaints. Working with a couple of constituents to help solve problems that involved the state of South Dakota. And uh, then I uh, stopped by the Secretary of State's office and did a little business and uh, got out of town at 10:30 and I made it home just at supper time. It was a long journey through that blizzard home.
1: And then today it's still cleanup day.
0: Yeah, I moved snow for uh, two and a half hours today.
1: Fantastic. Yeah, this is the first year that living in this part of the country that I'm realizing that I'm not, not sure if I like it. Well, this crazy winter i mean I, of course i'm i'm not leaving but
0: I, I realize that and and i've heard a lot of people talk about the weather but um i only have one answer to that if it really really bugs you i 29's about uh, 22 miles that way it goes to kansas city and yeah. if that's not far enough south then you can uh, get on to 35 <laughs> and it'll take it you all Dallas. the way to brownsville texas <laughs> right. so there you go. Pick a spot where it's warm <laughs> enough for you, and uh, feel free to peel right off. Nah. But I love it here. I, I, I love all four seasons. and Even though three of them are short. Three of them get real short mm-hmm. this
1: time of year. Two of them are sometimes just passing in the wind. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, so did you begin on Monday last week? Was that the official begin of the legislative session? The season? official
0: beginning of the legislative session, is laid out in the Constitution, is the second Tuesday of January. Mm. And that always begins with the governor's state of the state, unless you're on appropriations. The Appropriations Committee that handles the state budget, of which I am the chair on the Senate side, meets uh, the day before session. So we were out there Monday morning. I also serve on the Government Operations and Audit Committee. That met Monday afternoon. And then Monday evening, we had a uh, social at the governor's mansion. I hate that term. It's not that big of a house, but. It's the governor's mansion, is the official title. Could uh, condo be better? Uh, it's not a condo. House? Do we
1: call it the governor's house? Uh,
0: it's called a mansion. Um, it, it's got a really nice
1: big meeting room. Shouldn't it be the people's mansion?
0: Well, it probably should, but that's where the governor lives. So right. that's just how well, it's be, been uh, come to be known. Mm-hmm. So uh, we had a, a little briefing about what to expect in the state of the state address. And then since her theme was Open for Business, shortly after the uh, Republican leadership briefing on Monday night, uh, they brought in business leaders from around the state for us to visit with and and get an idea of uh, how the state is open for business and what they're doing to uh, expand and grow the economy. Because, uh, well, we've had a few uh, challenges in our budget this year. Uh, We have uh, the federal government changed some rules on a couple of things. The federal government has decided Shocker. that you can no longer, or we as a state and the city uh, can no longer collect sales tax on your internet access. So we there's always sales tax on everything. South mm-hmm. Dakota, we, we make it really simple. Uh-huh. When in doubt, put sales tax on it. We've had this discussion. It's broad, it's fair, it's there. Something. Right. <laughs> but... Um, we can no longer tax your internet access. So whether you get uh, cable or you pay direct for fiber, or I don't know how much bandwidth you have here, and that's none of my business. Uh, wh- whatever you uh, access the internet with, you should be paying less tax starting July 1st. That means roughly, depending on how they figure it, uh, we're using the number $20 million in lost revenue to the state of South Dakota.
1: Who, who, who gets the money? Where does it go? Someone's getting that money.
0: It should be back on uh, off of your bill. Your bill should decrease July first, and I want you to watch your bill. I want you to pay close attention to it. It should get uh, if you live here in Millbank. It should get six and a half percent smaller. Honestly, hmm. that's the idea, isn't it?
1: Well, so it's all it's the entire sales tax bill.
0: No, just on your internet access. Oh, well, but that's what I mean. What, yeah, so. Uh, so, if, so like, let's a phone, say you not, have not cable TV phone. and no, phone. No, okay, don't, you don't have so, cable, full, no. so fine. So we
1: have internet. That's all I have. So, okay, uh, okay. so I should get a six and a half percent decrease in the bill.
0: And that's roughly around the state. Uh,
1: They're claiming twenty million dollars annually.
0: Mm-hmm. Wow! So that's twenty million dollars that's going to go back in people like your pocket. So, um, and this
1: is bad for business no, for the state. No, 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 oh, no. Oh, no. just checking.
0: It's it's a challenge. Ah. It's a challenge Mm -hmm. because everybody, every state agency, every pet project, everybody's everything, it's always easier when you can find more money to give them. You know how that works. Exactly. (laughs) And so now, as the Appropriations Committee, we have our work cut out for us. The governor laid out her budget back in December, and it included 0% increases for teachers and schools for K-12 education. For state employees and for uh, providers.
1: Okay, so the uh, the the uh, detractors, the opponents of the governor, yes, see that uh, no increase for teachers, mm-hmm. and yet see, and I only go on what I read on the interweb, which is truth always, always uh, increases in personal family payments, and so that what what we the people. The, the 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 un unconnected, all we see right is the two radical sides, and one of them is well, holy cow, she's not going to pay more te- teachers more, but she'll increase the salaries of her family.
0: Well, do you want the truth behind that? Because well, well, that, d- that, that tell was, me what that's that why was I'm asking. Handled you. miserably, and I'm not afraid to say that that was not handled well in the the press and the media
1: by her office, by the governor's office. Yeah. Okay. You
0: know, I I try to call balls and strikes, and I think that one was a strike.
1: So was that just poor decision-making? No.
0: Um, Honestly, the governor uh, has—the governor's office, our legislative office, and a couple offices inside the judiciary branch, your upper (laughs) level, are ones that don't follow state salary policy. There aren't that many. I mean, we're talking uh, statewide—the legislators— our on-state salary policy, but we also have our own pay that's been fought about for years. And it's pretty easy to give ourselves a pay cut. Uh, It's popular to give us a pay cut, but then it also cuts into our ability to uh, recruit people who want to spend two and a half months in winter and pier away from their families. So uh, the way it works is the governor's office does not – Spon- does not live on direct salary policy as laid out by the state. That means she is uh, pretty much free to uh, pay her help uh, however she can uh, afford within her staff budget. If she wants more people, they all have to be paid
1: less. So, so, so the the total lump that's available for the governor's people mm-hmm. is one number, right? And then is divvied out within that. Like they decide.
0: right. they they're not uh, stuck on a salary policy because the governor's uh, direct staff has uh, more responsibility than most tiered or uh, pigeonholed state employees. That's no insult to the rest of our hardworking state employees. It's just the hours are strange, especially during session. It gets to be uh, very long days and long nights, and there, there, there's no way to uh, pigeonhole somebody into an existing uh, salary structure. So when the governor was elected, she announced she had three chiefs. Instead of one chief of staff, she had a main chief of staff, that was Herb Jones. She had a communications chief, that was Joshua Shields, and she had a uh, chief of finance, that was Liza Clark. Okay, so they had three chiefs. Um, of staff essentially each splitting a third of that workload and then there were I think I can't remember eight or nine other staffers laid out with uh, uh, anything from uh, policy analysts to policy directors and, and various things in, in all the departments of government and uh, the way they deal with people so um Herb Jones left in August left just Decided, hey, we we got uh, over the finish like line. Disgruntled?
1: No. Oh, okay. No, okay. Just, just was done.
0: Decided. I mean, uh, he he'd rather be a grandfather than sit through another legislative session. And mm-hmm. he decided uh, it's time to go. So Herb moves on. So Josh Shields steps up, becomes chief of staff. No third chief is hired again. So Joshua Shields steps up and uh, becomes the chief of staff and the communications director however some of his duties are pushed downhill to everybody so instead of hiring another chief at a hundred and forty thousand eight hundred and seventy five dollars a year
1: geez the governor doesn't make that much money
0: no the governor makes like a hundred and sixteen the uh decision was made to just spread everybody's duties out and move everybody up just a little bit and uh it it happens to be the lowest paid person on uh, the governor's staff is a wonderful hard-working young lady named Kennedy Nome. She okay. has a, a political science degree from South Dakota State University. She's a hard-working, punctual, wonderful young lady, and uh, she deserved a raise. If she's taken on more duties, so be it. That's what it is. I'm not trying to defend any decisions that were made or not. I'm just telling you what I know.
1: Uh, the the- Questions Arise. This is from Kello Land in, or back in December. The South Dakota legislature voted this uh, article by Angela Kennick, I have no idea who it Kenneky is. Kennicky is, is how she pronounced it. My bad. That's fine. Um, governor, let's see. The state of South Dakota legislature voted in favor of increasing state salaries, and in July, state employees received a 2.5% raise. Governor Kristi Noem's daughter was among them. Uh, but another big hike in Kennedy's salary... Was, has taken place since July. Coincidentally, it was about exactly this time last year that Kelloland News reported that Governor Nome hired her daughter Kennedy as part of her transition team. Since then, her salary has jumped from just over forty grand to nearly sixty thousand. When Nome hired. The uh, her daughter in 18 she hadn't even graduated from who cares about that at the at the time Klo News learned that Kennedy Nome was being paid forty thousand seven hundred dollars for the position in her mother's office. I love the words they use yes uh, she became a policy analyst in January and her salary rose to fifty thousand in July along with other state employees uh, she got a two and a half percent salary boost bringing her income I like that boost bringing her income to $50,000. Uh, but according to Governor Nome's recent budget address, state employees shouldn't expect the same this year. Quote, due to the lack of revenue, I will not be able to recommend inflationary increase for education or Medicaid providers uh, or for state employee salaries, she said in her budget address on December 2. Uh, while Governor Nome may not be recommending any inflationary increases for state employees, her daughter received yet another pay hike since July. So they're mad because uh, she's had... T- nearly 12 percent pay increase in five months
0: Okay. Well her campaign pays the transition team. Gotcha. And part so that, of that that comes is out not okay of the state okay. how, how, what's part the of it, I don't know. do of you know? Okay. I, I know the whole deal the governor's budget uh, uh, the state of the of the state of the we don't dig of really deep it's uh, roughly between all of travel and everything, uh, the state of the state of the state of the state same thing with of same thing with the Roughly, it's uh, about $2 bucks.
1: So why not
0: to run that? get office?
1: it absolutely every penny accounted for, squeaky clean, make we it obvious abs- transfer? We
0: account for it. Department of Legislative Audit accounts for it. When we go through appropriations, uh, there, there's a certain level of respect that uh, it, it being an equal branch of government, the governor does not. Rip into the legislature's budget really hard, and we stay out of the governor's office. And together we work on the the rest of government. And I'm not saying that to cover anything up. We always make sure it is fair, and we dig into it. But uh, we let her make the decisions within her office. She lets us make the decisions. The executive board of the legislature within the Legislative Research Council, and uh, there's just a a mutual respect and trust there, including in the Chief Justice and uh, that office. Um, I'm not going to run around and scream we need to cut and, and pull it out of there unless I'm offering to pull it out of my own Legislative Research Council budget, which, if it comes down to it, we'll find cuts. If I mean, I'm not trying to be politically correct. That's just the way it's done.
1: Senate Bill 1. Okay. The, 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 reason, the reason I say 1 is because there's something in here that I, I want clarity on.
0: Okay. I haven't looked at it yet, so... <clears throat> Uh, let's bring that up. I'm right here. Uh, you can follow along at sdlegislature.gov.
1: <laughs> Forward slash legislative de- underscore session slash bills slash default. There's a big BS. green Z.
0: button right on the front mm-hmm. page. says 2020 bills. Absolutely. I click on that and I scroll up to uh, SB1.
1: At the end of that says, and to declare an emergency. What does that mean?
0: Uh, declaring an emergency means the minute the governor signs it, it becomes law.
1: Now, is that bill specific
0: each bill has to have an emergency clause if you wish it to be enacted right away uh very what, what common... does that
1: get around by calling it by claiming uh, um declaring an emergency what do we avoid
0: um well it's not referable for one
1: meaning the people can't vote on it
0: the people correct? can't refer that law that's one of the things if you declare an emergency so
1: what is what's the value to us the people?
0: I haven't even looked having, at that bill yet. It hasn't come before me in committee. The
1: uh, the government declare emergencies that then allow remove our ability to question it. Okay, this one. Uh,
0: there are other ones that do the same thing. I, I know
1: seventeen is the same thing. Uh,
0: this one adds a crisis team to use electronic communications. Correct. Uh, this one, if I'm guessing correctly, this is some uh, the mental health boards okay um, and they want to get this thing moving right away as there's uh, deemed a mental health crisis it ties into uh, meth and everything else and they really want to get this moving before the first of July if it has an emergency clause it can take effect usually as soon as about the first of April but
1: but, but break down what this not n- the inability to refer it what does that mean
0: If a bill passes with an emergency clause, I've I've got to remember this. Um, I believe that makes it non-referable because it went through with a super majority of the legislature. With an emergency clause, it doesn't need a simple majority that is 50% plus one. It needs two-thirds of both houses to become law. And if a bill has gone through with a super majority uh, and an emergency clause, it is non-referable.
1: Meaning what? Meaning, it's law. Period. It can't be repealed. It can't be voted on. What does oh, that mean?
0: The legislature can always come back and tweak it. It's just you can't start a, an a initiative for an petition to say it's a horrible law, and that's why we always use the emergency clause with the utmost respect. And I mean, it doesn't necessarily <laughs> mean it. It isn't. It doesn't necessarily mean the state will shut down if this bill doesn't pass. Mm-hmm. But what it does mean is. Uh, there is enough urgency to it that it doesn't that we the people who voted for this and are sponsoring this bill do not wish it to wait until the first
1: of July. One two, Soholt, Soholt, Stalzer are the two senators that sponsored it.
0: Both Republicans from Sioux Falls, as uh, opposite of uh, Republicans as there probably are in the legislature.
1: Really? Yeah. Hmm.
0: Soholt is a a, a very, um, I don't think she even minds being called a moderate. I mean, she's a, a moderate Republican. Rhino
1: would be the right word? I,
0: no? I I hate that word.
1: I know, but it,
0: it's... The, I, I'm the chair of the Grant County Republican Party. If you wish to work for the Republican Party and you wish to uh, advance Republican principles... And uh, even though you don't necessarily advance all of them, we're a big tent party and there's room for people. So, um, Auten,
1: Duba, and St. John are the representatives. Yeah. Duba
0: is a Democrat, St. <laughs> uh, John is a uh, Republican, uh, Native American from uh, the Sisseton Wahpeton Oyate, just up the road in District One. She'd be a great guest for you sometime. Really?
1: All right. Along with the governor,
0: I know I'm working on that too. I've okay. had a conversation with her once about it. Wonderful. I've got to get her up here. Um, I'm trying to get a Lincoln Day dinner scheduled and put together, and I'm trying to uh, make sure that she attends that. And hopefully, we can work carve way. out. I, I'd love carve at least out half an hour. A half an hour forward is that stop would be great.
1: Here. I understand that she's busy. a yes. half an hour to come on the show would be fantastic. Sounds wonderful. I'm I'm still working on that for you. Excellent. Uh, okay. So that was the main thing that I was intrigued with, because one, two, three, so Senate bills 1, 16, 17, 33, 35, 36, 37, and 40 all have an emergency clause. Mm-hmm. So that means that if they get voted on and passed and signed into law, the people have no say in it. Like, like they, they can't question it after the fact, correct?
0: Well, they, they can't. we can question anything well, you want. Okay, it's just but you but can't it. You can't refer it you can talk to your legislators and and tell them what why did you do that and remember this is yeah, an election but once year it's law this is an election year it is you're right so uh, every member of the House and Senate is up for election this year in peer all
1: of them all of them is this abnormal no every two years so theoretically that entire state house could be flipped yes. <laughs> Is the governor up again? No. No. No, no, no. no. She has a four-year term. A, okay. She was that's elected thought, in
0: 18. I, She'll be up again in 22. Right. Um, uh, Let's see. In District 4, it's uh, I'm eligible for re-election in the Senate. And Are you both, running? I've taken out a petition. Hmm. Uh, that's what I stopped and picked up in the Secretary of State's office. I've not had a single signature yet.
1: What do you need?
0: I need uh, 50 certified signatures. Uh, registered Republican in District 4, Grant,
1: uh, dual rural Coddington, and rural Brookings counties. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was one thing that your name was on that I saw that I had some questions on, and you're the first named uh, senator, unless there's another wick in there. Um, no. Of course, I should. I, I did my homework in my other office, and then when I got in here...
0: Feel, well, it, the uh, the first one in the Senate and the first one in the House will be considered the prime sponsor. Okay. All right. So that's how that works in our, in our new system. There, there's been a lot of complaints this year. We uh, totally uh, redid. And for those of you who are computer savvy enough to listen to a podcast, most of the time <laughs> you're computer savvy enough to get what we did. Mm-hmm. Last year we spent... Uh, A little over $80,000 in our Legislative uh, Research Council budget to uh, hire a full-time staffer and go through and completely redo how bills are written and distributed uh, internally in the legislature. Uh, Because our old system was not updatable anymore because it ran on WordPerfect 1.5.
1: For real? For real. (laughs)
0: So uh, Corel WordPerfect is no longer supported, especially at uh, version 1.5. <laughs> I
1: can imagine. <laughs> and we didn't have a computer the anymore. Windows 98?
0: Yeah. We didn't have a computer anymore with the uh, necessary 3.5-inch floppy disks to back anything up anymore. Hmm. So uh, it was time for security and a whole lot of other reasons to move on and try and get something updated. The new system is less than desirable, but it is up functioning and working. There's a lot of bugs to be worked out of it yet, but um, just if you're following along at home, the the uh, first sponsor, if the senators are, if it's a Senate bill, the first senator is considered the prime sponsor, and if it's uh, a House bill, the first representative is considered the prime sponsor. Mm. Otherwise, okay. the rest are listed in alphabetical order behind okay. the prime sponsor.
1: Gotcha. Uh, oh, I saw also a story on the new um, naked body scanners you have to go through to get into the to building, into the state house.
0: It's not a naked uh, body scanner. It's just a... An x-ray machine. It's a metal, an de- it, it's a metal mm-hmm. detector.
1: And an x-ray machine? I don't know. There's, well, okay, according to the article on South Dakota Public Broadcasting. Whoa. Um, for truth again. Um, on
0: South Dakota Public Broadcasting, it must be true, because there is no emotion dis- expressed no matter
1: how hard or how difficult the subject may be. I think that's the requirement for the funding they get for public broadcasting, which I I listen to. I listen to Minnesota Public Broadcasting. I listen to South Dakota. Okay. So, I mean, mean, it it seems like it's part of the funding to be
0: We just visited with them. That's $800,000 a year. So that's $1 for every man, woman, and child in South Dakota we give them for public broadcasting.
1: You know, here at the Y Milbank Podcast Network, we would be very pleased for one dime <laughs> from every person in South Dakota.
0: That's only 80 grand.
1: Th- That's very doable. Very doable to keep this show rolling. But
0: do you know what we use to justify that?
1: No, do they, tell.
0: Um, they provide the necessary audio and video and archiving of all of our live sessions. Every uh Senate and House floor debate, every session is video archived forever. Um, every hearing that we have in a state building, I mean, sometimes we go out and do remote hearings and, and it's not technologically capable yet to record them for posterity. But uh, all of our agendas, all of our uh, audio recordings that are out there, they are archived forever. And that is the part we are funding with the
1: $800,000. I'm sure that for a mere $720,000, you could get the same result from them. Probably. And what that does, that allows that other one dime carved out to the Y Melting Podcast <laughs> Network. <laughs>
0: Everybody's <laughs> got an idea. Why don't you come run? On. You can come be an appropriator. With no, me. thank you much. Okay, I'd rather just talk to him.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: the one bill I am a sponsor of is Senate Bill fifty four. It's the newest one added. Uh, it is. Oh yeah, uh,
1: no, that's it. Yep,
0: regulating the use of auxiliary containers. Do tell. Uh, are you a member of the South Dakota Retailers Association? No. Okay. Uh, a lot of businesses are here in town, and all over the state. The the South Dakota retailers came to me, I'm guessing October, and mm-hmm. said, uh, you're familiar with what's going on in Brookings, aren't you? I said, well, I, I am. I'm quite familiar with what's happening in Brookings. Which item do you have contention with? <laughs> and they said- Which
1: part of Brookings?
0: <laughs> <laughs> and they said, well- uh, the Brookings City Council is uh, going through the motions again to ban plastic bags and plastic straws.
1: Like they've done in Oregon. Within in the city California, limits
0: of Brookings. Really? And they said, uh, well, you represent rural Brookings County, and all of the, uh, the the people in Volga and Bruce and White and Sinai and uh, Bushnell and Elkton... And all the farms in between there do a lot of shopping and brookings, and if they forget their canvas bags at home and want to get some groceries, they're going to have to drive all the way back home because they can't get plastic bags anymore. Plus, our small retailers and businesses, the convenience stores and other, other things, um, that puts them at a significant economic disadvantage to people uh, in, in other towns because we're such a small market that there just isn't the solutions available and and let's be honest our garbage does not go in the ocean I can't we, we can't afford to truck our garbage to have somebody go dump it in the ocean okay it makes more economic sense to put it in a hole uh, just outside of Brookings and uh, watch it decay make methane off of that uh, decay and then with a the little bit of plastic and things that are in you just uh, bury that in a hole and you move on so uh. When you look at the economics of it, when you look at the fact that uh, over 60% of plastic bags, even out here where a lot of people don't uh, aren't are really into recycling, uh, odds are they're your garbage bags. They're what you follow your uh, dog with when you walk your dog in Brookings, or uh, they're how you clean your cat litter box. They're, they get used again and again and again. Not necessarily those bags, but the rest of them.
1: Well, once they're used for that, they don't get reused. They're done. Um, so, okay, okay. so what what does this bill do?
0: This bill bans the banishment of plastic bags <laughs> and straws.
1: What? Okay.
0: It's very How? simple. How? Uh, statewide, you cannot enact a law as a local government to ban plastic bags and straws if this bill passes.
1: So this is just a whole bunch of definitions.
0: Yes. The basic uh, enactment of the bill is uh, very short and simple, and it's in,
1: uh, let's see. The provisions of Chapter 34A-7 relating to beverage containers, garbage bags, and garbage can liners, auxiliary containers, this is added, yes. and 34A-6-68 relating to uniform recycling codes for plastic containers preempt all laws by and any... By any other political subdivision of the state relating to, underline, add, auxiliary containers. So then you've defined auxiliary containers as grocery bags.
0: Auxiliary container is, uh, in section 2, paragraph Mm 2, any bag, cup, bottle, package, container, or other packaging, whether designed to be reusable or single-use, that is made of cloth, paper, plastic, cardboard, corrugated material, aluminum glass... (coughs) Post-consumer recycled material or similar materials or substrates, including coated, laminated, or multi-layer substrates, and that is designed for transporting or protecting merchandise, food, or beverages from or at a food service facility or retail facility. That's where the retailers were really nervous, because if you ban these styrofoam containers Mm -hmm. that you take your uh, your, uh, uh, scraps from the table home Mm -hmm. and you decide to uh, put them in something you had and you get sick after you eat them at home and you're you're going to try and sue that restaurant, aren't you? They want to be in control so of who, how who, their food is delivered all the way to your door.
1: Who wrote Section 2?
0: Uh, that would be a young attorney at LRC to uh, make sure that uh, he covered all of his bases.
1: So all this does is it carves out or it adds auxiliary containers which is all this definition Mm -hmm. it adds that to or is this a brand new like none of this exists No,
0: it all existed all all we're doing does is uh it it removes it from uh local uh, government interference
1: so the other things were there like beverage containers garbage bags plastic packaging materials are already a a local government can't regulate those
0: Mm mm-hmm So we're adding... All all
1: you're doing is adding auxiliary auxiliary containers and Straws. straws. All right. Simple. Nothing may be construed to limit a political subdivision from allowing or requiring specially designed garbage bags for the purpose of identifying volume or type of waste. That was in there. This is new or restricting the use of glass bottles and containers within park or recreation sites and facilities due to public safety concerns.
0: Right. So I'm not saying that you can't have uh, a law that says you can't use glass bottles by the pool. Hmm. I'm not changing that. What I am saying is you can't ban plastic bags because you have a political agenda and you don't realize the unintended consequences of banning those.
1: Well, but the political side was not brought into this. It's just you can't do it, correct? Right. So what's the, do you have support? So far. Or is this just going to get pushed by the wayside? I think
0: we're going to have this as a law this year. Yeah. I think it's going to go.
1: So will Brookings send uh, representatives to fight it?
0: I I can already tell you that uh, uh, there's two representatives in District 7, which uh, pretty much entails the city of Brookings and two townships around it. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the representatives is my prime sponsor in the House, hmm. and the other one is there to fight it.
1: You mean got elected for that? No,
0: oh. <laughs> just, he's a former mayor of Brookings, and and he generally agrees with the city council.
1: Hmm. All right. Well, that, that that explained that. Um,
0: I just went online Friday evening.
1: Okay. Well, good thing you're here then. Mm-hmm. Kind of a stupid name for it, but whatever.
0: Well, it was the only way to uh, fit within existing law. I didn't want to write a whole new law and clutter everything up. I wanted to fit within the existing definitions.
1: Mm-hmm. So, uh, Senate Bill fifty-two, an act to create a state seal, specialty plate emblem. Oh, what, good Lord!
0: I'm sorry. What was that? <laughs> that was <laughs> supposed Bill to be an inside 52. thought.
1: Fifty-two. <laughs> <laughs> um, the state seal may be used as an emblem for emblem specialty plates. This under
0: gets th- into one of those little things that stick in my craw is I believe our license Dude. plates are wonderful and simple as you know what county anybody is from very easily on most license plates. You notice that we're all 29s here in Grand I do it
1: now. I'm moving to South Dakota, but where I'm from in Oregon, no. That's right. No.
0: So 23s are all dual county, 22s are Day County, 55s are Roberts, 5s are Coddington, 6s is Brookings, um, 32 is ha- whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but we have these special plates that uh, you can put a non thing in there. Like you're, if you're a proud alumni of South Dakota State University, you can have a Jackrabbit sticker on there.
1: And you pay a premium for
0: and that. And you pay a premium for that, and some of that money goes to SDSU. So they want a state seal for emblem to uh, be there, and that's a, a $50, $50 fee, and, and that can go right into the highway fund. It can? I guess. Or it will. I, I just, <laughs> I, I assume it will. I haven't really, I haven't read that bill yet. Honestly, I'm very concerned about the appropriations process and every day the agenda comes up, and that evening, the night before, I will read through the bills and, and send my emails and get my questions answered. And then we meet in uh, in caucus an hour before we go to floor session, and I can visit with the sponsors and see why they're doing things and get my questions answered and, and find out for sure how, if I'm going to support a bill or not.
1: Mm. So. You know the you, you said there was no increase in uh budget governor's budget proposal correct
0: well I mean we're gonna because take in we're 48 million dollars more it would have been 68 without those changes but now since the federal government changed another little rule we're gonna lose another I don't know million and a half two million bucks cigarettes
1: but shouldn't that oh you mean the 18 <clears throat> 18 19 mm-hmm. 20 year olds
0: mm-hmm. they they buy Anywhere between uh, – that's another one. We've got – right now we've got five employees of the state in fiscal, three in the governor's office, two in our legislative uh, research council office that are spending the weekend trying to figure out how many 18- to 20-year-olds are going to smoke cigarettes and how many of those 18-, 19-, 20-year-olds are going to continue smoking cigarettes or chewing tobacco or – uh, now, vaping is not taxed because vaping does not contain tobacco. It may contain nicotine. It does not contain tobacco. I know,
1: and that's why everyone has to get rid of it. That's why these governments must make it go away.
0: I have no problem with it. I was not. The there governments was va- do. There was a vaping ban last year I voted against.
1: Right. But <laughs> so <clears throat> some years back, I don't have the exact year the there was a, a, a settlement with the tobacco industry yes. what it did is it paid states um, it gives us for educate what whatever it's yeah. at, whatever education or whatever mm-hmm. well the states demanded that money up front and so then they borrowed against it california is a great example
0: yeah we didn't borrow against
1: it california cannot have people not smoking cigarettes because they need the money And so now we've had to manufacture, in almost every case, a vaping tragedy to try to ban this product that a whole bunch of people that I know of have removed themselves from tobacco smoke because they were able to do it with a a quality vape product. Now, I'm not advocating for either of them. I think if you smoke something in your lungs, it's not a good idea. However... To, to remove the ability for people to get off nicotine and tobacco, it should be criminal.
0: I, like I said, I did not support the ban on vaping, and it died in the Senate with, uh, I think, uh, there was one vote to spare. So um, there's another run at it again this year with uh, another vaping ban. Uh, any flavored vapes need to go now. Well,
1: Trump is even on that bandwagon.
0: I don't understand it. There, there's a lot of things that get me, and you you can probably uh, misconstrue my logic sometimes. But when it comes right down to it, I'm I'm not a fan of of getting in the way of a lot of things. There are some things if the government can help and uh, try and make a difference we will do that but i'm I'm just i was trying to pull up how much money went into our uh, tobacco trust fund Mm -hmm. this year but for some reason of course my apple device is not working properly
1: don't question them (laughs) how dare you we
0: have a program it's called board papers where we can get in and and have instead of all of these mountains of paper flying around we have every paper scanned and we have access to it Mm -hmm. 24 7 365 but it's horrible. It will not work on a Windows machine. And two-thirds of the time, it doesn't work on an Apple machine. Well, how about that?
1: Mm-hmm. You the, need you need that Windows 95. That's what it is. Then it will work.
0: Hey, Windows 95 did not crash that much. I am old <laughs> enough to remember Windows 95. I was comfortable in DOS 3.1, to be brutally honest. Who needs a mouse? You sound like John C.
1: Dvorak. Yes. Yes. <laughs> There's no evidence that people want to use. It was house.
0: thirty-two rods to the hog's head when my day and by gum,
1: <laughs>
0: I'm just
1: fine with it. Uh, has there been like lots of panic in the streets now that uh, concealed, advanced concealed carry people with notice can get into the Capitol?
0: I think that's the reason the metal detectors are there, but I'm in a serious minority opinion for that.
1: That break that down. What do you mean?
0: I think that that is one of the reasons they decided to go with the metal detectors. Oh, they
1: don't no wait. Just ask them. That's not why. I know. This has been in the works for years. Oh,
0: yeah. Harumph, <laughs> harumph. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan of the security in uh, Cottingham County's courthouse either.
1: Should there be a ban on lawful citizens? And, and, and when I say that, I mean non-felons. Um, carrying in any government facility? I don't think so.
0: Judges seem to have uh, be very nervous about it, and they believe with the uh, life-altering decisions that happen in their rooms, they're not comfortable with firearms in their chambers. And I can accept that. I can accept it in places where alcohol is sold that they probably shouldn't be
1: there. But that goes to a bigger issue then. Mm-hmm. If you're creating an environment that the possibility for people to make stupid choices based on what they consume happens, mm-hmm. hmm, interesting.
0: So that's those are the exceptions right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, courtrooms. Schools. Schools. Libraries. Libraries? Did I
1: miss that? Is that not a, uh, a government institution?
0: Well, that's up to each individual library. All
1: right. Okay. They
0: will very quietly tell you to leave your <laughs> gun in your car.
1: Shh. You're disrupting the children. But see playing Fortnite.
0: There's a lot of people who claim you shouldn't have a firearm in church. Mm. And you we all saw what happened in Texas mm. when the Texas legislature were just horrible people to introduce the idea that somebody should bring a firearm into church. Think of the children. And then a guy came in there uh with the intent to harm people and did and took got out harm pretty quick and uh, one single headshot and by an
1: extremely well trained person by I, I i i will i will almost put money on the fact that no actual law enforcement officer could have done that oh that, that i'm sorry they don't do it when you're a trainer like that guy was mm-hmm. is uh, you it's muscle memory cops don't have the time to spend on the range that that guy did I'll, I'll so, accept that. Yeah, just simply for muscle memory, I, I just don't think a law enforcement officer would have been that comp- that uh, that skilled.
0: Okay, on I'll, the fly. I'll give you that. But at the same time, I don't care if the guy would have missed. He'll hear another shot, even when you're shooting people. Oh, man. That changes the whole game
1: right there. Did you? I assume you saw the video. Yes. Did you? It cracked me up. How many other people? <laughs> I mean. If, oh, Six man. Six guns Old right ladies like dragging yes. their gun out of their purse. Yeah. And the best part about it, no collateral damage.
0: Well, there were, I mean, the, collateral the bad guy damage. got he, two.
1: Right, but the good guys, in quotes, didn't the shoot The good anyone. guys
0: didn't shoot any anybody yeah. but the bad guy. Mm-hmm. I just like that everybody but the advanced trained officer held off. They heard the first shot. They waited to see what happened. He fell. They reholstered. That is responsible firearm ownership, my friends.
1: True. Now, I'm not convinced that most people that have a concealed carry permit are that competent. I go through... And that worries me slightly, but again, I'm a freedom guy, so...
0: I'm a freedom guy, and I think that would have been a tragedy if that guy wouldn't have been in that church.
1: Oh, uh, oh, more than likely, yeah.
0: Because when uh, crisis is happening by the second the police are only minutes away mmm so I have no problem with uh, somebody in a church carrying a firearm I have no problem anytime if you're responsible and you're going to take the responsibility of being responsible and I know that sounds really convoluted but if you're going to take the responsibility of being the responsible gun owner and you're willing to lay your life on the line to take the first shot at a bad guy doing a bad thing, I think you should be encouraged.
1: Oh, the guy got a Medal of Honor from the state, from old yeah. Governor Abbott, didn't he?
0: Absolutely. I, I will have one other bill that I'm talking about while we're talking about firearms.
1: All right, let's have it.
0: I'm working through a joint House-Senate resolution to invite all... Um, uh, gun, legal, law-abiding firearm owners from Virginia to move here where their freedoms won't be squelched.
1: <laughs> come on.
0: I'm serious. Took me 30 seconds to write it. They're going through the legal right now to check and make sure it fits with, all, with everything. Just going to be a letter. We're going to send them out saying, come move to South Dakota if you don't like the fact that your governor is going to take your guns away.
1: What's the what's the point? I
0: just think it's fun. That's a fun little thing we can do. It's a resolution. And it has no uh, no deep meaning in law or anything. It's just something that the, the House and Senate, if we both vote on it and it passes, will uh, believe in. Number one, it's the idea of economic development. Unemployment in South Dakota is very, very low and we could use more hardworking people to move here. And uh, since we are an open, concern, open carry and open concealed carry state, we are very firearm friendly. So why not invite them here?
1: Yeah, but can we make moonshine here? I don't think so. I is said law-abiding
0: a- <laughs> gun owners, okay? <laughs>
1: just, law Just abiding. checking, all right? Right. <laughs> um, there is tons of controversy... Uh, oh
0: no, the con- oh controversy we need to talk about the controversy. South
1: this is from Lauren Solek from kelo land again this January 16 2020 this article was posted to the interweb uh, this headline SD bill could criminalize doctors who perform gender affirming surgeries uh, this is the only it's only the first week of the legislative session but one South Dakota bill is already getting national attention house bill. 1057.
0: Hey, if you look, I'm a co-sponsor of that.
1: Uh, all right. The proposed law would impact transgender children, their doctors, and their families. If passed, the, the Vulnerable Child Protection Act would make it a Class 4 felony for South Dakota doctors to perform gender-changing or affirming surgeries on children. Now, I'm reading the article, not the bill. Okay. It would also make it illegal to prescribe puberty-halting medications and hormones to children. Representative Fred Deutsch, who has been on the show before, and I will try to get him on again to give his side of this, introduced this bill to the House on Tuesday.
0: He put out a video, by the way, with his side of it on the Family Heritage Alliance podcast on Friday afternoon before he left. Okay. uh, Maybe it was Friday afternoon in Watertown. I think he left Thursday to get ahead of the weather. Okay. So if you want to see it, Uh, Family Heritage Alliance is uh, helping with this bill, and uh, he put a a video podcast out on that.
1: Opponents of the bill, this according to the article, Mm -hmm. say South Dakota medical providers don't perform gender-affirming or changing surgeries on minors. Quote, what it does affect is hormone blockers for youth, which just halts puberty. If you get off the pill or the injection, you go ahead and your hormones come back naturally. Boots among trees the interim vice president for with Sioux Falls pride said Um, boots among trees with Sioux Falls pride says taking the medication away could lead to suicide. Representative Deutsch says allowing children to take the medication could lead to other health complications. He'd rather have them wait until they're 18. Libby Scarin with South Dakota ACLU says lawmakers come up with gender with transgender legislation every year, but this bill is different because of the weight it places on medical providers. Quote, I think it's really unfortunate to see legislators trying to put doctors in prison and for doctors to have to choose between prison and violating their Hippocratic oath. She she, she, she said, Libby, I'm assuming. Yes, Scaring Libby to.
0: Libby is female and her uh, chosen pronoun is her or she. It's on her website. I did happen to look because really? uh, I, I uh, okay. went to the ACLU's website Uh, regarding a a press release they put out. I wanted to make sure my name was not on it.
1: Does it uh, actually list her preferred pronouns? Yes. Really? All right. Well, now we know. Yes. She. She. The bill was supposed to go to committee Friday, but because of the storm warnings, it's proposed until, or postponed until Wednesday. Right. So that's coming up in three days.
0: Right. Um, All right. Okay. Your name is on this bill. Yes. I will tell you uh, in 30 seconds why I signed on to this bill. In South Dakota, we have decided as a society, as uh, the whole of South Dakota, that uh, you shouldn't be having sex until you're 16, that you cannot have a tattoo until you're 18, and now with the federal government, you may not have a uh, cigarette or a uh, alcoholic drink until you're 21.
1: Well, you can't purchase cigarettes. Right. Did they say you can't... in? consume no them. but i mean okay. that
0: that's i believe assumed well but i you think can't so can't them right but we as a society think children should be allowed to reach 18 before they make a major life decision if you can't even get a tattoo you shouldn't be on your way to gender changing surgery until you're 18 well
1: but you can get a tattoo with parents permission correct
0: I don't think that's younger than 16. Though. Well, okay,
1: but then, I so mean, if the parents there with guidelines. who's helping you, yes, should then they, with the parents' involvement, be allowed to do this?
0: I don't really think it's necessary. I really don't. I really think we're harming more than we're helping because um, there are many confused people about many things in this world, but uh, how you're born is how you're born and how... I believe you should stay until you're at least 18. It's not like we're banning it for life. We're saying be an adult, get to age 18, get through puberty, and figure it out. Maybe something will change on your way through puberty to change how you feel in your mind. You shouldn't make, you shouldn't be on a path at age 13, like that one story in the news down in Texas. Uh, a mother and a father disagree that uh, their their child I can't remember honestly how the gender started. I can't remember what the child was at birth mm-hmm. but uh, the the mother has decided that uh, I is it a boy that sh- she wants to be a girl?
1: If I remember right that is the case but I, okay. I could have it backwards. okay.
0: Well let's just say for the sake of argument somewhere in Texas there's a 13 year old boy that the mother thinks wants to be a girl. And the father thinks would be happy being a boy. Let's wait till 18, till the child is old enough to make a decision for his or herself. And uh, let's just hold the line on that. I think we as South Dakotans uh, would generally agree, uh, a large majority of people would agree that that's one thing that's okay to leave to 18.
1: But to criminalize the doctor...
0: Ah, might be a little heavy-handed, but where else do you do it?
1: Well, do you uh, punish the tattoo artist if they tattoo a 17-year-old without the parent's permission? Who who gets in trouble? I think the tattoo artist if, if does it's get in trouble. technically illegal.
0: Yes. I think the tattoo artist is the one who gets in trouble. Emotionally, it's a stretch. But if you look at the logic of it behind other things, I think it's the right thing to do logically. Does that make sense? Is this a brand it's new law? In yes.
1: So this is brand new. It's two to one and a half pages long. Let's read it. Uh an act to prohibit certain acts against children and provide a penalty therefore. Section 1. That a new section be added. 26-10-36. Definition yeah, that's your
0: definitions. your mm-hmm. definitions, your medical professional, and the biological state of being male or female.
1: Perception of minor sex, prohibited practices, violation as a felony. So, a 261037, except as provided in 261038, a medical professional who engages in any of the following practices upon a minor, including an emancipated minor, for the purpose of attempting to change or affirm the minor's perception of the minor sex if that perception is inconsistent with the minor sex, is guilty of a class 4 felony. 1. Performing the following surgeries. Castration, vasectomy, hysterectomy, oophorectomy, I'm not familiar with that term, I'm not
0: going to lie to you.
1: Orcheoctomy, penectomy, phalloplasty, and vaginoplasty. Performing a mastectomy prescribing, dispensing, administering, or otherwise supplying the following medications, puberty-blocking medication to stop normal puberty, Uh, supra-physiologic doses of testosterone to females, supra-physiological doses of estrogen to males, removing any otherwise healthy or non-diseased body part or tissue. Now that's interesting. Or removing any otherwise healthy or non-diseased body part? or mm-hmm. tissue mm-hmm. that now becomes a felony
0: part of this if it is involved changing a sex of a minor yes that's all within the context there section four is within the context of the paragraph above it
1: for the purpose of attempting to change or affirm the minor's perception of, of the, the minor's minor sex, sex if that perception is inconsistent with the minor sex. What a minor's sex is? The biological state of being female or male, which those terms are trying to be removed, right. based on sex organs, chromosomes, and... Endogenous, endogenous hormone, hormone profiles. profiles.
0: XXXY type stuff.
1: 26 10, 37 does not apply to the good faith medical decision of a parent or guardian of a minor born with a medically verifiable genetic disorder of sex development, including... Uh, one a minor with external biological sex characteristics that are in, irresolvably ambiguous such as a minor born with having 46 xx chromosomes with uh, yes okay when a physician or two when a physician has otherwise diagnosed a disorder of sexual development in which the physician has determined through genetic testing that the minor does not have the normal sex chromosome structure for a male or female
0: so if you've got the you know your rare people that are born you know you're you're one and in- a billion one in a million whatever it is people that that are born with both mm-hmm. under this law you would still be able to choose at
1: birth Pick so what's what going to stop the now the new trade in creating other reasons to do some of this stuff
0: i think the law is, is this going to just well become so out.
1: burdensome and bloated with terminologies and definitions to try to police this
0: well this actually is a pretty simple bill
1: oh, I, I, currently but now all of a sudden if we want to make these changes we just can't do it for this reason we'll do it for another reason and so then are we going to have to add those reasons to this as something that i
0: sure hope not i can't think of any other reasons I th- i think this ties everything together pretty well it's a fairly closed loop bill
1: is this a problem in south dakota or is this reactionary to something else?
0: It's reactionary to uh, a trend in the nation that we just don't want to be a part of.
1: You know, Sioux Falls is going to push back. Oh yeah. So, what has been the response from the huge money hospitals in Sioux Falls?
0: Um. Honestly, I have been so busy mm-hmm. in down in my appropriations tunnel. That I have not had a chance to visit with uh, any of the representatives of the uh, major three hospitals, of which Rapid City has just joined the Mayo Network now. Really? Rapid, Let's Rapid, get
1: the farthest spot in the state away from Minnesota. <laughs>
0: yes. Uh, Rapid City Regional is now uh, Monument Health, and that is affiliated with Mayo. Really? Yes.
1: Does that mean they have like direct flights from Rochester to Rapid City? I'm sure. Now? Wow. They do now. Huh. That's interesting.
0: With Mayo's private fleet.
1: Okay. <clears throat> is this a fight worth having?
0: Well, I will tell you, Representative Deutsch is very passionate about it. Uh, Representative Deutsch, if if you watch his uh, video podcast on the Family Heritage Alliance website, it is... Um, He has a lot of compassion um, for people that are in this predicament. Obviously, he's had history with uh, working with uh, transgender uh, issues, shall we say. And he takes a lot of time each year to visit and learn. And this is something he is deeply passionate about and really wants to uh, try and... uh, help out with he believes uh he's allowing vulnerable children to not make a horrible painful life-altering decision before they're adult enough to know what's going to happen
1: but at 18 it's good
0: but at 18 you're an adult do what you want to do
1: you just can't smoke and drink
0: I did not You know
1: what you can do. What? Put on a uniform and go shoot people in the sand.
0: Yes, you can. Well, not just in the sand anymore.
1: This is true. That's right. <clears throat> um, we probably should. Yeah, I know we're we're getting we're, close we're to we're a window a little of time. bit tight today, but we we will do this again before the legislature's over because I'd like some to go dig dig a little deeper into some of these and. Um, As some of these get discussed in committees and then on the floor, I'd like to know, you know, how that's going too.
0: Well, you go to go to uh, the the SD legislature website Mm -hmm. and uh, you can set up a my LRC account and it will automatically uh, the, the system will pump out emails to you as often as you want about each bill when it's in committee, what the committee vote was. And then you can follow it through all the stages, and it will actually alert you if uh, you're you're too busy to track it yourself. So, that is
1: mylrc.sdlegislature.gov. Yes. And then you can set up your account there. That is the Legislative Research Council, and that that is part of the government, correct?
0: That is uh, our, you know, we, that, we're that's a part-time not a citizen party. legislature.
1: Mm-hmm. You're only um, part-time citizens? Weird.
0: Yeah. <laughs> We're, we're, a, we're a part-time citizens' legislature, as mm-hmm. in we have to go out and live by all the laws we pass every year. How strange. Isn't that nice? Only so,
1: the National Congress would have that.
0: That would be awesome. But anyway. Federal, my bad. Uh, we... Um, have a staff, by the way, South Dakota has the smallest, I don't know if that's a term of pride or not, we have the smallest number <laughs> of full-time staffers of any legislature in the nation, 18, 17, 18, I think it's 18.
1: And what is they, what do they do? Who do they work for?
0: They work for the legislature, they answer to the executive board of the legislature which we as elected legislators elect to run the business of the legislature when we're not there, and then they hire a director, an assistant director, and 15 staffers to make it all work. Any of that partisan? It's all nonpartisan.
1: On paper, good.
0: I mean, yes, on paper, obviously. (laughs) um, Most of the—but I will tell you, the executive board, it is mandated that on the executive board— The minority leader of both chambers has a seat for sure, no matter how bad the representation gets on the minority side. The minority leader of each house is on the executive board forever.
1: Will some of these bills that are contentious in our society nationwide, Mm -hmm. will that cause a shift, do you think, in the makeup of the South Dakota legislature in November? I suppose
0: it could. I don't foresee it.
1: Who's going to be the Democratic challenger to Trump? Boo.
0: If I knew that, I'd be out uh, trying to forecast that one nationwide and throwing some money behind it because I don't see anybody clearly emerging. Yet. It's early. I mean, well, it's not that early. I mean, Iowa what, two weeks away? Something like that. I really haven't been following because as a Republican and as a county chair, I already know who I'm supporting in the 2020 election. It's on my hat.
1: Michael Bloomberg's no wrong. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, um. That wasn't very nice. That's okay. Yeah, you'll never see me supporting the anti-Gunner Bloomberg. Oh, man. No. No, 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 no. No. <clears throat> and no.
1: So, here's a little insight into that guy. Mm-hmm. Um. There was an event that was his every town, one of his every town stops. I, I don't know exactly if it was this year or if it was early in 19. I'm not sure. <clears throat> but I have it on good authority because the people that I talked to were the ones that had to make it happen. Um, was
0: this in, in Oregon with some old uh, friends and family of yours? or uh, No. Okay. Because there's a lot of those every towns in Oregon.
1: <laughs> so there, well, yeah. Uh, so there is these events and these events have to look good visually because they are designed to be on television. And so they had, they have to, they have to photograph. Well, they have to film well. And so it has to visually be good. Well, they needed, uh, so, okay. You, you've seen whether you've been there or not. I'm sure if you've been to a, a professional football game,
0: uh, I went to a Vikings game. Does that
1: count? Some some would say yes, but it's questionable.
0: <laughs> no, I went to a Vikings game. And, well, I did watch the Steelers play the Broncos in Denver.
1: Ooh, so so you've seen the uh, these massive square lenses the cameras use? Yes, those big. You know, they're the up, big up on the rig. Things, oh yeah, yeah. the big square. It's a monster. Mm-hmm. You know what those things cost? Uh, the lens itself, two and
0: a half million about, dollars no, for the camera. I know that
1: the lens is two hundred fifty thousand okay.
0: dollars. for that piece of
1: glass. Yes. Uh, and it has to say certain things. So one thing that um, for this every town visual they needed, um, the shot they were gonna get from the camera, they could get with the gear that the company had. Okay, the lens, perfect shot, beautiful, gorgeous. Didn't look good. Didn't look good enough. So Bloomberg needed. This is a guy that wants to be president. He was trying to buy his way into the presidency right now. He wanted a box lens and it had to say 4k on the side now keep in mind the reason you purchase or you rent typically a lens like that is for a couple things typically you want to be able to go from wide to really tight zoom really smooth you got to be able to track focus it's got to be robust and fast if you need it correct movement front and back like zoom in wide zoom out this is a static shot. Does not move. It's a static stand-up video picture. So what they had to do, this event was in the middle the middle of the country. Okay. That lens exists in LA for rent and New York. For rent. So they put one on an airplane because it needed to look a certain way. So you spend, I, I don't know, I don't know what it costs to put a, quarter million dollar piece of equipment on an airplane. Ten grand tw- I don't know.
0: Well if I was but doing the, the, it, of course, is... I'm cheap. I'm tight. I would actually <laughs> buy somebody a two hundred dollar plane ticket and say, uh this will be your carry on luggage. <laughs> well it's
1: we'll, too big for that, but
0: Okay. We'll we'll ship the rest <laughs> of your luggage to you, but this will be your carry on and if you set it down, you're fired. So uh, five hundred bucks is B for me.
1: <laughs> all of that to say these are the people that are trying to Become the president. I understand, and it intrigues me.
0: There are a lot of what I don't understand. Honestly, I mean, I know how many, uh, many, 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 uh, media manipulation is. I've understood it. I witness it. I can. I. I. I've seen it happen. I've been to a couple of presidential events. Uh, back when George W. Bush was president, he gave a speech, at uh.
1: Oh, not H W.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. W. Uh, two thousands. Two thousand two. He was at a ethanol plant uh, down by Madison on Highway thirty four down there, and he had an event in Aberdeen, and I went to both of those. And if you take a look, I mean, obviously they frame it up so it looks good on the camera, but uh, you look where the TV cameras are mm-hmm. for his event, and they will make sure that if there's any empty seats
1: they're not right there
0: they're not there Mm -hmm. you will take everything down to make it look like it is a jam-packed hall Mm -hmm. and you know trump doesn't really have that problem
1: no and that's what's interesting because the same uh the same contact i have they uh knew in 16 that hillary didn't have a chance
0: because of the rallies
1: because of the rallies and now they're they're only getting bigger they, well, the, the thing is, Bernie was creating rallies Trump-size, but no one wanted him. Right. That's the thing that's crazy. Is There's Ber- your Bernie corruption. Sanders, absolutely. I'm sorry.
0: Um, I, I am not a Democrat. I am not affiliated with the Democrat Party in any way, shape, or form. But if you want to dig into what's wrong in politics, look at the donkey before you dig too deep into the Republican, because it's pretty much on the surface of the donkey right
1: now. So back to my question. Yes. Who's going to be the Democratic challenger? It might be Bloomberg. Really?
0: It might be. He's the only one without well, I mean, he I I view him as somebody who's got incredible baggage, unelectable in a in a million ways.
1: So th- there is the thought that Hillary's going to swoop in here soon. <laughs> well, okay, think about it. The current the current troop of people is like the media is actually trying to okay, tear what, them apart.
0: What are your thoughts on Warren then?
1: Un- I actually, unelectable. I actually watched today. I watched her in a uh, little Q&A session down in uh, Iowa. Oh, they had everyone on. Uh, Warren, Klobuchar was on there. Buttigieg was on there. Um, I can't
0: pronounce his last name. He's Mayor Pete to me.
1: There you go. You Okay. <clears throat>
0: I have been paying attention a little bit, Mm -hmm. but honestly, I don't think there's one of them that can stop the Trump train.
1: Uh, Okay, so will the sitting president be removed from office? No.
0: You read the articles of impeachment? Okay. Okay. The, the the main problem they have is uh, he, he is uh, in contempt of Congress for um, uh, uh, trying to follow a federal law rooting out corruption with our federal aid to other countries. It's actually a federal code. I forgot which one it is, dash 70, 76-something-something-2.
1: Okay, so then explain to me what the logic is behind... They're trying to damage him
0: and every senator who votes for, every Republican senator who votes for acquittal or to dismiss the charges or a not guilty vote, they're going to swoop in with Bloomberg money and try and flip the Senate so they can destroy his presidency in the second term. So
1: your thought is this is strictly to win the Senate?
0: This is absolutely political. There is nothing in... Uh, now President Trump is obviously not your standard politician. He is not your standard uh, office holder. He is not your standard for what we've considered a president in a long time. He is hugely more bombastic popular. bombastic blowhard. Yes, but he is hugely more popular with your basic blue-collar people than he is with uh, your your typical, what most people would think of when you say the word Republican, you know you think of the 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 country club, uh, plaid pants wearing wine sipping, um, snooty people. And uh, first of all, the Republican Party is moved so far from the Republican Party of the '60s and '70s, and the Republican Party is your blue collar, hardworking person, and Trump has always, his entire life, his entire career, even though he is the silver spoon born in the golden cup and and everything you want to say, he has never lost contact with the people who build his hotels and make his stuff work, and he gives them the time of day, and that shows, and that is why he's going to win re-election. And that is why the Republican Party is hanging on to him so tightly, because even with all of his bombast and all of his uh, his uh, behaviors that are uh, um, interesting to say the least, um, he has this connection with people that is so deep that people just that. Uh, the voters will hang with him through an awful lot, as you've seen. And I I honestly, I'll predict to you right now, with an ice-cold soda or a hot coffee over it when this is all over in 2020, that uh, we're looking at a Reagan-like 1984 landslide.
1: Really? Yes. So what happens to the... Democrats' agenda. If their goal is to attempt to get the Senate, what happens if the presidency is won on a landslide? Both because the electoral college, Trump and will fire up
0: all of his people. rallies, and he will bring more Republicans with him into the Senate and to the House, and. I believe when you saw that line of, of Democrats walking over with the articles of impeachment and their their uh, little mission to the Senate when they, they had that little uh, parade the other day while, while President Trump was signing the China deal, um, and they had their uh, $2,250 pens in their uh, shirt pockets, um, I believe that they weren't just handing the articles of impeachment to the Senate. Those were... The votes for re-election for Donald Trump that they had in their hands right there. And they are going to hand us four more years of Donald Trump.
1: How many uh, <clears throat> how many potential candidates on the Democratic side are current sitting senators?
0: Uh, let's see. Biden's out right now. Well, Warren. Was the vice president.
1: Yeah. Warren. He was a Klobuchar. senator for. Oh, yeah. For 100 years. He was a senator mm-hmm.
0: since before my birth, by the way.
1: No. Yeah. Really?
0: Yeah. He was elected, I think, in uh, '70. Wasn't Man, I he? thought
1: you were way older. <laughs> no, no, yeah, well, yeah, he's been there forever. Yeah, um, Klobuchar, Warren,
0: yeah, Klobuchar. There, Who She's else? from
1: Minnesota. She, I saw her today.
0: Yeah. Who else? Uh, Klobuchar and Warren, and um, used to
1: be Booker, but he's has since
0: he's dropped out, so he'll vote.
1: Suspended his campaign. Do you know why they suspend their campaign?
0: They can still collect money. They can if keep it comes their money. In. Yeah, outrageous.
1: Um. Klobuchar, Warren. Is there another? Who, who else is? Oh, Sanders. Bernie. Oh, yeah, yeah Bernie. Yeah, yeah. Bernie. So three people that are still on the stage now, now are they, sitting senators. Now, here
0: is the interesting part. If the Senate accepted those articles, it is in the Constitution, it is federal law that none of those senators may campaign or leave Washington, D.C.
1: During the trial. During they the trial. They have to be in the building. It's sitting in, in the actual chamber. Yes. Correct. So, well, my thought is: Buttigieg, um, Biden, and Yang are going to get insane publicity. Plus,
0: uh, Bloom Doomberg. Oh, I forgot about him. Doomberg.
1: Oh, and, and who's the guy that keeps Sire? What's his name? He keeps buying his way into these debates. Uh, Michael, oh, anyway. He was he was nothing, and then he all of a sudden he showed up one day. Hey, I got some, I got some money. I got a poll that I shows I'm in. Um, but he, here's here's the here's the the conundrum that I see. Okay. With these three senators that are vying for the Democratic presidential nomination, mm-hmm. the the whole debacle of this impeachment thing. The reason that they're doing this is because they claim. That the president was attempting to electioneer, essentially. Like, get dig one of his opponents. Right. But Using, like, like he's, he's, he's holding money up so that they would get Biden. Get him. But he never so, held the money but up. But here's, here's the thing. If they're worried that Russia is going to interfere in our elections, they're worried that it's not going to be fair, it's not going to be open, it's not going to be democratic. Then how in the world can sitting senators be on in the discussion of rem- trying to remove the president with impeachment and yet still want to be the nominee to be voted on? Is this not a conflict of interest?
0: It's a huge conflict of interest. And you want to talk conflict of interest, this uh, gas company in Ukraine, before Hunter Biden, do you know who was the, uh, the previous uh, on-the-board members? Pelosi's son? Uh, Utah Senator, Republican, Mitt. Mitt Romney's son was on there, and uh, uh, let's see, Pelosi's son, Mitt Romney's son, and one other Democrat, nationally known Democrat's child, was also on that. Oh, uh, you, Tim Kane. Yes, Ukraine's former president, was just it was a vat of corruption and for trump to just even ask the question of the new president to say hey what kind of a guy are you because i'm not going to fund corruption
1: i think it's a fair question don't you well it's a fair question the problem is in the senate the corruption just oozes on both sides oh, of the oh i'm
0: not uh, i i'll throw romney L- L- under the lindsey bus. graham oh hello yeah john
1: mccain he bless his soul he's dead but I'm sorry. There's so many of these entrenched senators. I don't care the aisle they're on. Right. So many of them are so embedded to this corruption. There's seven, well, seven some billion dollars that went there, and it's gone. Where'd it go? It goes to their kids to Hello? get these positions on the board. It drives me insane. So here's here's what I want to know: Who's gonna run against the president?
0: I have no idea because I I honestly, like I explained, I don't think it's going to matter. I think the train has left the station.
1: So do you think anything negative comes out of this impeachment trial toward the president?
0: uh, Toward the president? Mm -hmm. I don't think so. I mean, all right, let's just shoot an arrow directly at the uncomfortable target right now. Donald Trump existed in New York City, the hotbed of unionization, corruption, and the mafia. Do you think he's going to get caught by the uh, bumbling
1: fools in our Congress? No, because he's still a mob boss well, at some level. I'd say he
0: knows how to work with mob okay. bosses. I wouldn't say he's a mob boss. Okay. Okay. So do you really think the bumbling fools in Congress um, are going to catch him when the mafia and the New York establishment hasn't already? And I don't think he did anything illegal. I think he talks big because he's a a showman and I... I, He's a bombastic blowhard. He's a bombastic blowhard. I'll give you that completely, but... I really don't think he's dangerous, except to corruption near him, because he can't stand it.
1: Well, loyalty matters most to him. Right.
0: So as long as you're loyal, corruption's good. That is why our governor (laughs) was in the room when his China trade deal was signed. Wait a second. She's a friend, and she's loyal. (laughs)
1: Interesting. Hmm. So, has our uh, has this the the political table that we all sit at we have for hundreds of years, two hundred, I guess, um, has that just been upset, like for good?
0: I don't know for good. I I know that there's a, a certain establishment, and I think it's both parties, and I think it's a whole lot of insiders that don't like people coming in and asking too many pointed questions like what's going on in Ukraine and why does $7 billion disappear and all of a sudden all of our kids are rich. They don't like those questions being asked. And now I think Trump is the guy who's going to walk in there and ask those questions. And now that he doesn't face re-election again, Katie bar the door, we're going to find some buried
1: bones. So he, well, see, part of me thinks that's just a neat little, like a, Smoke in the wind. That that con, that thought. Because that, that was was always the whole thing. Like one of the things I I heard was that once they get this impeachment trial going, oh all the dirt's gonna come out on everybody. No, it's not well, the problem is it's not gonna come out on everyone because there's people on both sides of the aisle that, that don't want gonna that dirt out. ever to exactly. come out. So that's not gonna come out. No, there's so not, not going to charade. be any
0: witnesses at the trial. It's going to be a trial based on previous testimony heard in the House in uh, Pencilneck's camp or in pen uh, in pencil next and in Pencilneck's committee and Penguins committee, yeah, and that's it. And there's going to be an up or down vote on it. There's 55 Republicans. I I think one of them will stray. It'll be Mitt Romney or potentially uh, what's her name from Maine Collins. Yes, or maybe even both. Um, 53 votes. For uh, acquittal, I think it is complete acquittal, erased from the, um, erased from his record, and moved on.
1: Well, uh, I heard one of the people, I I don't remember who it was, um, but one of the senators or no, representatives. It could have been Schiff or um, who's the Nadler. Oh, yeah. Um, if they don't succeed, or maybe even Al Green, if they don't succeed with this one, they're just they'll try again. Oh yeah. So this is an ongoing. And Al Green even had the courage the other day talking to um, who's the white haired guy on CNN? Um, I'm sorry, I don't watch CNN. Anyway, um, I can't even think. Okay. It, basically, the question was, well, when oh, did is this? That, or, when uh, did this? Anderson Cooper. Yeah, that's the 1250? one. That's the one. At okay. Three sixty. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, when did this impeachment um, talk begin? Well, Al Green had the courage accidentally to slip up and say before he was even elected.
0: Exactly.
1: So this so impeachment b- what trial like... started
0: on the escalator of Trump coming down to announce. <laughs> as soon as he made the uncomfortable truth that occasionally uh, illegal immigrants from other countries carry felonies here with them. And he made that uncomfortable observation. They've been after him to shut him down. So anything anything else, anything else you want to cover? I mean, we've pretty much covered everything. I, I'm, here, I'll tell you what. As chairman of the Appropriations Committee, here are my goals. Number one, we're going to balance the budget. Number two, we're going to balance the budget. Number three, we're going to balance the budget. I'm going to do it without any additional new revenue, and uh, we're going to uh, fund everything we can with the money we have. That's how how the budget process works.
1: Oh, here's what I thought I was had earlier. Yes. We're whining because there's not enough money. The federal government's taking away $20 million. I'm not our whining. No, I, I'm
0: actually, I'm quite pleased with that. That's $20 million that's going to go around in our community seven times. That's potentially $140 million of, ac- of uh, economic activity. However, it's going to happen like $3 at a time. That's the only problem. I wish it was a bigger chunk of money, but whatever.
1: Because weren't we supposed to be gaining like fifty or seventy million dollars from this internet sales tax thing that happened? No. What do you mean? No, that was what they claimed. The I claim was to, seventy but million you know dollars. What it turns out there's not that much money coming in. Well, oh, so it's now a whole bunch of headache for us small business people. It it's fairness. It's a whole bunch of headache. Fairness. I don't want to relitigate this. We already I know. did that. Once. We've we've been down that road. <laughs> but, this, but that, that should called. have. So so maybe if it's it was if it was untrue, th- there was that much money sitting on the table that could have gotten grabbed. Once the marketplace
0: started in March, that it was going to be this massive thing that we were going to even start getting rid of the the half penny. It, we were going to start chomping it up. In the back of my mind, I figured once the uh, marketplace had a full year to get rolling we we were honestly your 60-70 million dollars was going to be realistic i was wrong
1: stop the presses
0: <laughs> i was wrong so, oh, i fully okay. admit it so
1: what is there a number that they claim to have collected from something, this
0: something i i believe that's uh, somewhere around uh, 8 to 10 12 million bucks somewhere in there we can't look at individual so, returns. So that see, was Amazon d-
1: potentially destroying small-town South Dakota? Not for?
0: destroying anything. It's I protecting prote- our main protect street it. businesses. How? Because they're not at a 6.5% disadvantage on price for something you'd buy on the Internet. It's Correct. just fair. But, it's but what
1: it does, fair. though, is it creates a huge burden on us if we want to deal with other states. That's what I don't think was ever considered.
0: I think it was considered.
1: Clearly it wasn't.
0: Yes, it was. The uh, the as part of the, the the streamlined sales tax agreement, it really it it simplifies it a lot more than other um, than other issues within the state. I mean the, the streamlined sales tax agreement, the states that are privy to that, it makes it as simple to do your online taxes as it does. All right in south dakota Eh,
1: wrong i have a buzzer it didn't work wrong okay hold on so i couldn't hear hear that well we did don't worry that's fine um i just uh in my my day job yeah i'm a photographer graphic designer yes so i and i use outside labs
0: you can send I, something uh, over the internet to a correct, big shop. somewhere and, else, and
1: they ship it here. Whatever, Absolutely. and they ship it here. Yep.
0: It comes in the FedEx truck, and Wholesale, happy.
1: I invoice the client Yep. and include whatever tax is necessary mm-hmm. on my end, because yep. the end user pays the tax. Yes. I have the option to drop ship from the lab the product. When I do that to a state that I am not a business entity within, mm-hmm. that is sales taxable to me. Yes, that's garbage, because now I have to do more paperwork to attempt to figure out how much of that sales tax I would I, I can't charge because I'm not going to double tax right the product.
0: So don't drop ship. I'm I'm sorry. I mean I, that's I, I, that's oh, way okay. simplistic. But, but so
1: what that does though is it says don't do business outside of the state no. to in-state businesses is what, what it says. What it says
0: is have it shipped here, and then once everything's together, have one invoice ship it to them.
1: It's easier to go one stop. Okay. Like, I, I did stuff that went to D.C., uh, even uh, 15 miles away. If? I, if it happens to drop ship 15 miles away into Minnesota, it's sales taxed. So, it, it's that burden that I don't okay, think was considered when this bill and this whole lawsuit got, it wasn't a bill, when this lawsuit got Well, uh, pushed.
0: I would invite you to sit down with uh, somebody at the Department of Revenue, the, and uh, find a way to simplify that. They will help you.
1: Because I I can fill out the form that tells the vendor that mm-hmm. I am that my business is exempt. Exempt. Yeah, it's a resale. But it only applies to the where the product is delivered. If it's delivered to a state that I'm not exempt from because I don't have a business entity within because I don't have a tax account in that mm-hmm. in that state. Yeah. Well, then it's I don't have a choice.
0: Well, I'm I'm not going to sick the government on you but if you want if you request that i would be happy to have somebody from the department of revenue see if there's a simpler way to do that or if we need to change something to make it easier for you we will that's how we do business i think the in south uh, dakota south dakota <coughs> is the open horse for is business. out the gate the horse is out the gate but we're gonna we're going to work with you to make uh it easier to bring that horse back to you and have it something you want to ride again go back in time <laughs> can't go back okay. in time
1: So, quickly, as a last thought, and this I think we're going to have to revisit this again because there's a lot more I want to talk about, but we are out of time. Yes, we Uh, are. This is the interview on the Why Millblink Podcast Network, by the way. Whymillblink.com, there's a podcast button there. All the shows that come out of the studio are linked there. Do you know why $600,000 was shipped to another state to create a viral campaign? Uh,
0: There were 11 companies who bid on that. There were 11 ad agencies who placed a bid. Um, I believe five of them were in-state and six were out-of-state. And when the uh, governor's office and uh, those involved with placing that ad by that we authorized in last year's budget, a total of $1.3 million.
1: Um, Which half of that goes to placement. Right. So, I mean, that's what a lot of people don't realize in that placement is in the state, potentially. Right. And that revenue stays here. Right. The, the question is... A lot of
0: it went to Facebook and Google oh, and a lot of oh, other Oh, yeah, things too, which is horrible. Whatever. Mm-hmm. But of all of the bids that were made in the open and fair, honest market, this is the one that everybody looked at believed moved the needle the most. Most bang for the buck. The best way to generate a uh, kitchen table conversation that was such a, a taboo and uncomfortable subject that everybody just kind of left that 800-pound elephant sit in the corner of the room quietly. This is what introduced that 800-pound elephant to kitchen table conversations in ways that it's never been done before of all of the bids that were introduced. This was not just, hey, I like this, I'm going to buy this one. That was There was bids put in and a contract was issued, there there was uh, an RFP, a request for proposal, nationwide. And of every bid that came in, this is the one that uh, everybody who read it believed would move the needle the most, and honestly, it has seriously moved the needle and created a lot of very uncomfortable conversations that are long past
1: due. What is the metric for success for that campaign now for those that are really in the dark with their head in the sand we're talking about the we're all on meth campaign
0: it's not the we're all it's, it's <laughs> sorry, south wait, dakota we're meth. on meth
1: no meth sorry we're on meth. it we're on, it. We're, on. Yeah. we're on it right but it's a
0: triple entendre <laughs> is what it is it's not just a double entendre who came it's up a with triple. the
1: slogan do you know
0: uh the ad agency that won the contract
1: were you in that room
0: i was not in that room
1: who was in that room? Uh, I want them. Mainly, the governor. We need the governor. I want to know okay. she was in the room.
0: But she, in both her budget address and her state of the state, lauded the results of that campaign as uh, traffic to the website. There have been, uh, I believe, 90 inquiries on uh, searching for treatment in the state of South Dakota. Nine zero, 90? nine zero. It's a start. I mean, okay. to for just an ad campaign, to people say, oh. I need treatment. That doesn't happen. I mean, realistically, have you ever heard an ad on the radio and say, why I should quit smoking, that's a really dumb thing I should be doing. How did I know I was putting myself at risk? I mean, come on. Vaping. You know what I mean? Yeah. So to actually put 90 people in treatment, it's because their family sat down and somebody looked up and said, my kid has a problem and we're going to save him. Or dad's how, about to go how, over to the train, how go is, over the cliff. I mean, we got to.
1: How is it measurable? The success of this campaign. Do you, do you know, like, what did they lay out as measurable points uh, that we could point? The to? The
0: governor in her budget address talked about the stats of the increased website clicks and, and of the material that's downloaded and being distributed, of the uh, inquiries at treatment centers and everything else. And and I'll
1: gladly email you that. Is it possible? That the website click count shouldn't be counted? No. Only, I, only simply because that there is a good portion of that that is generated out of mockery. Right. Um, so, so it, it it's, more than likely is worth saying half of the click okay. traffic Well, is, it is, is dubious at best.
0: It is a metric you can count, and that's what we're looking for in the legislature. When we go through this in, in Government Operations and Audit Committee next summer... It's going to be one of the metrics we look at is um, how many clicks did it generate, but how many follow-throughs did it generate. The clicks are going to be one number. It's going to be a huge number in a column, and I don't care. What are the follow-throughs like and what results came out of those clicks? The the joke ones, the people just messing around, or, or radio morning shows in Australia trying to pick on us or something about it, throw those away. What are the follow-throughs like, and and how many people actually followed through, and how many South Dakotans moved the needle to get off of this horrible drug? That's what I'm looking for, and right now, it's looking positive.
1: I uh, follow the photographer that shot that campaign. I believe from Idaho, which is another, um, according to the Instagram, anyway. Okay, I mean... Uh, and it's kind of crazy because this, this photographer said, so cool to be a part of this project. hmm Man got lambasted for that. Oh, what a joke. It's terrible, horrible. And then this photographer actually had some data that I have not heard for a second from the South Dakota government in any kind of media that I watch. And mm-hmm. I don't watch access television. Right. So I don't see the everyday events. So if it's there... Fine, I just didn't see it. Okay. But it's not in the typical flow of of information that I access.
0: Understandable.
1: To me, that information should be the absolute front and center info out there. There there should be no question, assuming it's there.
0: It is there. It's on opensd.org. Okay. You can look at every contract that was let and... I don't know if you can see the bids. That oh, no, I'm, I'm not talking about that bids. And, I'm talking about but, the, the and results all of this. of the follow-through of the mm. campaign. It's all on opensd.org. All right. Please look at that at your leisure.
1: Mine, yes, much leisure. Yes. Leisure. Leisure. Uh, it, it's something that I'm intrigued with because I do think that it's provocative deliberately. It is. Based on my... Um, the, the thing that I i'm hearing from the design world that i'm in is oh, why wasn't it in state how come all that money went out of state and and so th- it's a good question i it mean it
0: is it's a great question and believe me if um i think the thumb was even on the scale for some of the the sioux falls and rapid city agencies if they would have had anything that got close to moving the needle the way this campaign just moved everybody in the room um i think they would have got it
1: now i'm intrigued with your saying that everyone, that had bids out, too, or bids from how many? They a, a bunch I think of-
0: it was 11 people that, they, they put out a nationwide RFP, request mm-hmm. for proposals, um, and 11 agencies answered. And I believe, and if I'm wrong on this, I'm, I'm not trying to mislead you on purpose. It's because I've got so many numbers in my head. I believe that five of the proposals came from South Dakota agencies and six came from out of state from... Uh, madison avenue in new york to la and it was the one the we're on it grabbed everything because of honestly the power and what i'm told the next wave of the marketing that uh, is coming will tie it all together
1: because the word from one agency in sioux falls was they got the proposal with almost no time to really present or they got the request with almost no time to present and then it was just decided so again i don't know i my thought is let's lay out that that system because it is a big number and if we want if we're open for business in south dakota that's right then we need to try our best to utilize south dakota and for the government correct
0: I honestly believe i honestly believe it is the thought of everybody in south dakota that our thumb is on the scale to do business with other South Dakota companies first, because we are aware of who pays the taxes in South Dakota. The taxes are collected by retailers and people who open a business in South Dakota, not so much by the government. You are the tax collector. So if you do business in South Dakota, our thumb is on the scale that we are going to look at you first. And I believe that with all the proposals that came in, whether they're, they say there was enough time or not, there, I believe there was and and I honestly think, and I'm probably gonna be crucified for this later, but I honestly think that there are some ad agencies in Sioux Falls that are just used to getting the contracts because they get the contracts. Mm, interesting. So I think this is a complete and total borderline Trumpian shakeup of how things are done inside the governor's office and they, that uh, uh, she really took a look at all of the proposals and instead of having the thumb so hard on the scale that we didn't look at the out-of-state proposals, we honestly just took the blinders off and looked at the one that would get the best results of every campaign that was honestly there to view. All right. That's just my honest opinion. Of course, well, I have a lot of faith in this governor. I'd, I really do.
1: I would hope it's your honest opinion.
0: It is my honest opinion.
1: Because if it was your dishonest opinion, we'd have problems.
0: That's right. And I was actually—I had a one-on-one conversation with Governor Nome the day the campaign was released. Mm. And she said, "I, you, you're going to get a lot of grief on the first wave, but the second wave is going to pay all the dividends." Mm.
1: That's what she said.
0: That's what she said.
1: So she's, uh,
0: she's a believer in the mm-hmm. campaign.
1: Well, I would hope so. Mm-hmm. I, I, yeah, I don't know.
0: And honestly, I've learned that uh, people are pretty straightforward with me because of the committee on which I sit and serve.
1: Excellent. John Wick, Senator from District 4. Yes?
0: Correct. He's checking. Grant, dual, rural Coddington, rural Brookings counties.
1: Why should people, um, assuming you get petitions, and they're in signatures, my pickup, why should people? put you back in office next year.
0: I believe I'm a good steward of the people's money. I believe that uh, I, I sit in a position of leadership where I have a uh, seat at the table that uh, puts uh, District 4 and uh, our especially our rural mindset at uh, the lead of some very, very positive conversations moving forward for the state of South Dakota.
1: Excellent. Well, thanks for coming in on this after the storm day again. I appreciate it. some more snow.
0: I'm done. Hey, good work. Thank nice you.
1: For now. This is just the beginning. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is the interview podcast on the Blink Podcast Network. This is the first of the 2020 political shows that we do. Uh, and our, our goal is to get any and all uh, current Sitting legislators, public sit- pu- uh, public servants, uh, and those candidates running on the show. T-
0: I'll come back when my other bill gets finished.
1: Ooh. Teaser. Hey. <laughs> Thanks for listening again. Have a great day. Happy New Year once again. YMillBlink.com. Have a great day.